recording here also. All right, I Bam. just hit record. Cool. Hey there, everybody. Uh, this is the, I believe, this will go up, this will be the second episode of Drew Will Do It, a podcast where I will do anything. Uh, my guest today is Kevin Upchurch, longtime friend of mine who has a show idea. Kevin, I'm going to kick it over to you to introduce the audience into yourself and this show. Uh, hi, everyone. My name is Kevin. Uh, so this show is called The Pitch, and the whole idea is kind of a fantasy fulfillment pitch show where people can pitch their ideas to Drew and I, and they can mm-hmm. uh, tell us their ideas for a movie or a TV show or a video game or really any sort of idea. A cereal, yeah, a bed, yeah. whatever it is. And uh, we'll we'll act kind of as uh, producers and kind of tweak it and prod at it and maybe make mm-hmm. fun of it uh, and try to see <laughs> how how either crazy or amazing we can make your pitch and and then we just go from there yeah because I, I think the the uh, the central thesis of the show is that every idea has the potential to be a million dollar idea sometimes you some ideas just need more work. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Killer. All right. Um that's the show uh, that uh that's the show pitch etc. Um this was Kevin and I out of character um because I think the show requires us to be a bit more in character. Um before we get into it Kevin was there anything else you wanted to say to the audience as as true Kevin? Um I am stuck in a void. Please send help. Stuck in a void. Please send help. <laughs> All right, without further ado, this is this is the pitch. Is this where we have the theme song play? Probably there is no theme, so we have to improvise one. Uh but it's the pitch. Kevin, I've got you got you got pitches for me. Yeah, we have pitches. Yes, we have a few pitches for today's even uh meeting. Kevin, you gotta get your coffee in, man. We're about to be reading some pitches here. We need some energy. Energy? So... Yeah, energy. Energy! All right. Thank you. Good God. What have we got? All right. So we have uh, one pitch here. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's kind of a fusion of John Wick meets Mad Men. Okay. Where it's the it's the story of an assassin who has to deal mm-hmm. with you know the day to day struggles of having a family and kids and you know climbing that corporate ladder and all the uh, the inner workings of a business, but that business is a front for you being an assassin and it, it, hitman is, is being a murderer. Yeah, okay, being a killer for hire. Okay, okay. Now, are you envisioning this? Because you're pulling... That, that, that pitch is pulling from kind of two different areas here. Are we seeing this as a movie franchise a la John Wick or as a TV series a la Mad Men? A TV series a la Mad Men. Okay. Okay, we're thinking more of a TV series on it. Okay, okay. So, I mean, I mean, my first question here... In in Mad Men, 
not so much John Wick. I feel like that character's pretty sympathetic. But you got the Don Draper type who who is spending so much of his life in his work that he's not, you know, he, he's not uh, 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 being the family man that maybe he should be. Yeah. And there's and there's this complexity where, like, you as the audience, you just kind of like, oh, that's just like a failing on him. But at least he's doing, you know, work that is helping people make money. But in this show, that work that he's doing is also murdering. So we we have a bit of a is there any way is there anything about our protagonist here that's going to make them a bit more endearing a bit more likable to an audience so i mean it's going to kind of follow uh the character's going to kind of follow a, a code of ethics kind of like in a, a lot of gangster mm. or mafia mm. movies where you have these characters who are you know objectively bad people but they have a sort of code of ethics uh, an honor system mm-hmm. if you will okay. uh so it's he's kind of uh you know a little bit of that uh don draper kind of anti-hero mm-hmm. uh but he's got a code of ethics and kind of uh from what i have of what i have here is that he's someone who is kind of a he's not so much a don draper where he's like on top he's kind of a a middleman trying to also trying to get to the top while also trying so he's to also climbing. Yeah. He's, he's trying to climb, but you know, the more he, he invests into his work, you know, the more he kind of gets entangled with, you know, nefarious plots, which he has to then try mm-hmm. to keep from his family. And uh, I think the, you know, the real crux of the reason why he does this, because he's trying to, uh, you know, provide for his family. He's trying to be, you know, uh, someone to make sure that his family, can uh live the life they want so he is a like a family person uh and Mm -hmm. so part of the you know one of the main uh one of the main issues that he has to overcome is that he does get the opportunity for a job promotion but it's not just as simple as oh you've been here for a while we're going to give you a job promotion it's it's a very uh merit it's a meritocracy at his office. So gotcha. you gotta, you have to do the work of the next level before you can actually get promoted that next level. And that's when he gets a, uh, a new hire, a new associate who is, uh, very eager too eager. Uh, in fact, and she kind of gets okay. herself into, uh, troubles and dealings by trying to take on jobs that are really outside of her, uh, outside of her capabilities, outside of, outside of her department, even. Oh yeah, yeah. She'll. Uh, I mean, she she's uh, a real go getter, uh, which can be to her benefit, but uh, can also be, uh, you know, to her own detriment. Also, with this, uh, yeah. Like I said, he he works at a a firm that is uh, for the public. It's a consulting firm, in quote. So everything is talked Got with you. like business lingo. But it's all like double speak okay. for something else. So when they're talking about like statements of work and contracts, they're talking about like hits and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. other jobs. Like it could be like transporting something when they say things like, okay. hey, we need to parking lot this. That means like that's a like, like that could be like, oh, that's double speak for we got to like we're having a drop somewhere. Okay. Okay. 
Okay, so so there's a couple of there's a couple multiple layers there. So it's kind of our our central protagonist here is having to climb the corporate ladder in the most I think figuratively and by your description literally cutthroat way possible, and they're having to kind of balance that with the needs of their family where they're having to do this work that I well I think one of the things I do want to clear up does their family know that they are literally an assassin. No, they do not. It's it's a hidden thing. So no. you know, it's one of those things. I gotta okay. I gotta kill Johnny by five o'clock, and I gotta be home mm. for dinner by five fifteen, or the wife's gonna be upset, or she's gonna kill me. And then it's like, <laughs> oh wait, did you mean that literally? No, 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 no. My wife's gonna be very mad, <laughs> and then Johnny's gonna be dead. Wait, did you mean like Johnny? Yeah, Johnny's literally gonna be dead. But my yes. wife's just gonna be like a little peeved. Okay, so I think I think for me. Um, I think before I'm, 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 I'm definitely curious about the pitch. I'm definitely curious on it. I want to know, cause it seems like the, it doesn't necessarily, the show's not picking between one of those two things. Those are just kind of what's always in question for this guy is he's always trying to climb the ladder so that he can make the money to get his family right. But he's having to hide what he's doing from his family. Yada, yada, yada. I can tell you the, the plot line I want to see, and I want to know if this show can pull it off. What, I want to force the issue in an episode. This probably wouldn't be for, you know, several seasons or a finale somewhere. But what I want to know is our main character here. What do they do in a bring your child to work day situation where they are forced to have their family be right in front of kind of their day to day work? How are they balancing and hiding those two things? How are they balancing those things? So, I mean, one that definitely kind of gets covered by the doublespeak, where if you walked into their office, uh, I mean, it kind of looks like a regular office. You've got some people yeah. pretending to do work, uh, you know, on their computer. Some people sitting there. Killing people the is a lot cool. of paperwork. you got to make sure. Well, that's that's yeah. all outside. of That's that's all travel. You don't bring your kids uh, when you go on <laughs> okay. site. Okay. Okay. So for in the office, if they had like, you know, a bring your dog to work day, uh, it would all seem, uh, you know, very normal. One, on the thing, up and up. Mm-hmm. one thing that we could do is maybe he has a, you know, a son who's maybe a little bit older who uh, joins like the the police and uh, maybe there's like a botched oh. hit and his son is the one who's actually on the case and investigating it. And so while he's, you know, trying to provide, looking after, uh, oh, maybe it could even be uh, the new associate that the uh, the main character is, you know, kind of supposed to be managing and supervising and mentoring, mm-hmm. uh, botched it. And so now he's kind of stuck between, okay, well, I need to get the my, my mentee out of this pickle because if she gets mm-hmm. caught, then like we're all going down and... My family's going and that down, looks bad just, on me. I'm yeah. gonna get reviewed poorly because I'm not managing them correctly, and also jail. Yeah, but one then of the also, things then that I want to I want to do I kind of no go ahead. Well, I was gonna say, but also like you know, his he's got to still like show up for like you know holidays and his son who's still around asking questions, and he has to just pretend mm-hmm. that everything's fine, or even possibly you know having it closer to his son. Uh, to then sabotage mm-hmm. evidence, uh, which could, you know, Ooh. possibly make his son look bad. 
Well, here's here's the wrinkle that I want to add. I want to get this whole episode kind of one package because I love the added elements there of like the raised stakes of of the son who's now a member of the law enforcement and the this trainee who's you know they're 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 gunning for that they're gunning for that corner office both again figuratively and literally they're really mm-hmm. coming for it and I I want to kind of add everything together so I want this episode to be on Bring Your Daughter to Work Day. The, the the our protagonist here kind of the agent whatever he ends up being is with this trainee and they have a botched job and then the son shows up i want to know kind of i want to see how this episode plays out so so you i think you hit on pretty pretty early that the 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 dad brings his daughter in and, and inside the office it's all completely fine it's all just office stuff no real issues mm-hmm. there but then to get us to to get us to where kind of everything comes in together, what what gets them out of the office with the trainee? Because he's not going to be able to just leave his daughter around a bunch of murderers. He's got to bring his daughter to work day. She's got to stay with him. Okay, so that would be like they get an emergency call from one of their clients mm-hmm. who would be like some head of mafia guy who says yeah. that there's a guy they need to go after right now. Maybe it's competition. Maybe it's someone internal. But they got to leave. And he's got his oh. daughter that he yeah, has no, it, to it's it's like how they get their bonuses or something so you know everyone's going yeah, for it immediately it's a client that's too big that you can't really say no to they do too much business yeah, okay. with them like you know saying no to this one mm-hmm. thing could cost you know millions of dollars in revenue it's a so huge that, contract it's yeah. a huge get yeah yeah so that would be kind of the catalyst of him having to mm-hmm. uh, you know in this situation if he's got his daughter with him uh and along with the, his associate, they have to go out and try to uh, and try to make this hit. While at the same time, mm-hmm. he's trying to hide his daughter by like being like, "Oh, we just got to do a couple of boring, like mundane, uh, you know, business stuff. It's going to be real boring. You can just like ride along." And like they try to like distract her by being like, "Oh, hey, like I got to go run in this weird warehouse real quick to check on." check on a a shipment uh like you know just stay mm-hmm. out here like if you know i imagine it's going to be like on a pier or something and usually whenever there's a pier there's like some sort of weird like mm-hmm. discount amusement park and so it's like trying to distract her yeah. with other things while he's going around like <laughs> silently taking out people <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so the dad the dad's like All right, oh hey honey honey we're we're you know we got to go to the pier you you love the pier i love here wonderful and so we have like these shots of because he's still he's still he's a he's a trainer essentially he's still training this other employee so so they're probably doing a bulk of like the dad's strapped he's an assassin he's still he's very much still strapped but like the trainee so he's giving them coded directions while as far as his daughter's concerned their workday got cut short and they're just going on a nice father daughter outing to the pier yeah and then you know maybe it's something where uh we could have it also flip it where it is the the father who is going out uh, and he is doing the executing and it's the trainee that he has that uh, the trainee is the one taking care of the daughter. And you can kind of see that throughout. Okay. The, the, the trainee is is kind of a kind of myth because she wants to be on, you know, the front line. She doesn't want to be on like babysitting duty for how old is this daughter? <laughs> Because I mean, it, I I'm imagine thinking, it have to be I'm like, they, like ten or like eleven, like a young kid. 
Yeah, I'm thinking I'm thinking ten at the oldest. I'm definitely thinking real young, real, real young. Yeah. And so that's you know, this uh you know, this new associate who's, you know, considers herself mm-hmm. overqualified to, you know, be the one just mm-hmm. watching a kid. Uh maybe she decides she's gonna leave the kid for a second and then the kid wonder like mm-hmm. tries to like wander off and finds him in the middle of the hit. Uh maybe she just happens to like see one of the guys they need to hit and tries to sneakily do it, but fails. And the kid sees, uh, and that kid gets traumatized for <laughs> the rest of her life. <laughs> okay, so the, the kid just sees it. Well, I think I think that we we have to kind of we have to kind of keep the peace with it because I feel like I feel like if the kid sees the murder, then like the game's up. And now, yeah, because now the daughter at least knows. So and, ma- and the show she... gets real dark. I feel like if they. If it, yeah, maybe she doesn't. Maybe she sees uh instead of actually seeing anything, it's just that they were there in that area. Uh and maybe she's the one who tells, I guess it would be her older brother who's part of the law enforcement that oh, they're at the pier mm-hmm. at the same time that all these things happened. Uh or maybe, you know, as part of them cleaning up the evidence, they take like some uh I don't know, like some handkerchief or like cufflink or something that gets like that gets like lost in the car that they like missed and the the little kid picks it up not knowing what it is just seeing something shiny uh and then uh the older brother sees it and that's like kind of the the clue in of like wait why is why is this in Mm -hmm. here yeah well it's kind of like what i'm thinking is like so the 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 trainee like is is a little bit miffed right about they have to kind of be on babysitting duty but they also like our our main character they they kind of need they need that main character to review them well so that they can get their they're still the trainee right they're still yeah. you know they've got like the the dorky little bow tie or whatever like the entry level thing that this company does so i feel like what they're having to do they're still having to make sure that they're getting these you know getting these hits done but they also want dad assassin to be satisfied with their job. So like the way that I see it is the trainee tries to mask the murders they got to do. Like maybe the daughter does see them, but to the daughter, they're not murders. Maybe, maybe the trainee presents it as like, Oh, Hey, uh, we're going to play like a quick game of tag. I need you to like, close your eyes, put on these soundproof earmuffs and count to a hundred and then come find me. And then Mm. in like that hundred seconds, they're having to go through like an entire warehouse and like a tag quote unquote, if they get caught, they have to like tag like a bunch of different people they have to take down. Or maybe like, it's even like count to 30. It's something that's a bit more like immediately difficult. And so then like the, uh, the daughter like takes the, the like, uh, 29, 30, ready or not here i come and then they open their eyes and then like the trainee's like right there and like tag and like oh you found me dang it and then like the camera pans around and they have like a bloody knife behind them or something like that they're hiding from the kid because they've had to like go and do yeah. all these oh, things that's good like like they they tell the kid to like you know go, like they're playing hide and seek to go somewhere and count to mm-hmm. a number but the kid you know being a kid fucking cheats <laughs> and Oh, oh like, they absolutely cheat. <laughs> like she says, like count a hundred. <laughs> she she gets to thirty and then just decides to just go look for them. <laughs> to just say who ha- whoever counts to a hundred, that's way too much. Yeah, I or I'm a literal child. I cannot count to a hundred. I literally do not know the numbers. Yeah. We to might need to de-age her up. if she's ten. 
<laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, <laughs> or depending on, yeah, if this guy's in, if this guy's making Hitman money, she's going to a good school. She would know numbers. But yeah, yeah. like it, she just kind of cheats. And so then <laughs> the 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 trainee is having to once they catch because they can't stop murdering. It's their job. You can't quit doing your job. So like they have to they have to like kill these other, you know, henchmen or whatever, but then pose them like they're in a hiding spot in case the 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 little kid finds them yeah. so that she they like, can like tag she, them. She sees one of the bodies of the guys laying on the ground and she's like what's wrong with him and they're just like, "Oh, he's just real tired. He had a long day. He's just taking a nap." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, "Oh, this guy's is, is that is that guy is he that doesn't look comfortable. No, but hey, you know, you got to hide behind stuff. Just go. I'll go and tag him for you. You don't. You stay over there. <laughs> I'll go and tag him. Oh, he's he's tagged. We got to get the rest of them. <laughs> and and so, okay. So it's, I kind of like we have like this sequence of like the trainees still getting their murders done. The the dad's probably going after the main guy. But then there's I mean, there's got to be a sequence here where the the dad and the daughter and then the son who's the cop all run into each other. And so that I'm interested to see like how, because the dad, the, the, the son knows the dad works at an office. So for him, it's going to look weird that he's at this pier, this abandoned amusement park pier with his daughter. How does, I wonder how does the dad kind of talk his way? How does he explain away that situation? Uh, well, I mean, I, I think the pier has a lot of uh, comings and goings of like, you know, shipments uh, coming in and out because okay. I you know I kind of imagine it's it's not just like one shitty little pe- like pier it's kind of like more of a <laughs> it's it's more of like a port so there's a lot of comings and goings okay. and so with his work you know he, he could just say oh we had clients and we had shipments coming in today uh, which mm-hmm. I mean kind of true <laughs> if shipments yeah, he's are not he's, he's literally speaking not wrong okay so i think then because it's like that that seems like he's getting off a little easy and i do i want to make it a little harder for the dad i want there to be a bit more Ooh, what if (sighs) i feel like it's gonna make it too difficult if like the daughter has picked up a severed hand from all the various murders that have happened that's why i thought like maybe it could be like Hmm. maybe uh you know there a ring falls off one of the the one of the guys they hit and the daughter happens and, and to come across it and she picks that up and it's and like maybe an insignia that, ring it's yeah a, it's it, it's, it's a, like a ring key. yeah that has something to do with uh uh you know with the mafia i don't know what it would say on it but it's got yeah. some emblem that <laughs> we do murders.com yeah it's like right on the ring yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's engraved with mafia gangster yeah. <laughs> uh <laughs> And so, and I think maybe it won't necessarily be like for, you know, if this is all in like the first episode or the first episode or two, this wouldn't be like necessarily Mm -hmm. an immediate suspicion because they do know that he does work in an office where, you know, they have, uh, you know, shipments where he would need to be at, you know, kind of the pier or wherever. Yeah. Yeah. He would need to be there looking at stuff and his, you know, if they had you know any sort of gang related stuff it could have uh fallen off a like you know a, a mafia person's or uh yeah. someone's finger and the this gr- is mafia pier son you gotta yeah. you know that like there's mob stuff that happens here uh you know the the daughter could uh 
could easily have picked it up. But, you know, I think there would be like a lingering shot on the son who's not like completely convinced mm. maybe or maybe, okay, ha- you know, looks at it suspiciously. Yeah, it, it kind of it like it sets up this. There's always this antagonism of like the son, the son now that they've grown up because like the son's probably like out of the house, you know, they're they're an adult. They're doing their own job. And so the son's always, you know a little suspicious because now that he's grown out of that, he's now like, he has a new identity as, you know, like this, this officer or like this investigator trying to figure out. And so it's the, the dad's not only having, he's having to keep, you know, the truth of his job from his family, but definitely from his son, because if his son Mm -hmm. finds out the whole thing goes down in more ways than one. And the son is like, Maybe, you know, like they're really honor bound. And so like, they're like, if my dad's doing bad, I'm going to get him. Like, I'm not going to let him go just because he's my dad, even if it hurts or whatever. And so that kind of sets up a lot of different conflicts right there, right at the jump. That's really nice. Yeah. And, you know, I think it, uh, it could lead to some situations where, uh, I mean, maybe the, the son, uh, you know, I don't know if he's going to be like a hundred percent, like superman do the right thing 100 more all the gotcha. time yeah uh, maybe it won't mm-hmm. be like intentionally like he's not gonna do the right thing but there might be some things where he you know if if something does come up that does kind of point to his dad or even to his dad's corporation you know he's mm-hmm. always going to be the person to you know he's gonna second guess it he's gonna okay. be someone who uh, you know, maybe kind of fights against it a little bit. You know, ultimately, I think, you know, the the end of the show would be, uh, you know, the his father getting some sort of comeuppance and either the son would probably mm-hmm. end up having to die by, you know, by the result mm-hmm. of all of this or the son would yeah. have to eventually make, you know, the arrest. Make that call. My, my thought is it yeah. would probably end with... Uh, the uh the father you know eventually uh probably getting killed by it and not really facing the consequences or the son would have to to die that would and that would then kind of force eventually yeah because i mean like eventually there's probably something that happens along the seasons where like the higher ups ask the dad it's like hey your kid's a cop right well maybe maybe you just let him know that there's gonna be you know like it's like a competitor there's like the it's like a mcdonald's burger king thing but they're both murderers um Mm -hmm. and so like it's and so they're like well maybe you tell them about this happening so they can get the bus but then like the son's little suspicious of like oh hey thanks for that tip but dad i thought you worked in like a paper mill why did why did you know about the site of where this murder was gonna happen and so like it kind of it's this it's this game he has to play where his son being a cop or being kind of in the, in the law being on that side of it has like this upper hand, but it always comes at this cost of, he kind of has to bring his son closer to figuring him out in order to use that in any kind of way. Yeah. And you know, one like that. Yeah. There's a a couple Mm -hmm. other kind of storylines that I thought would go well within kind of this broader framework. Mm-hmm. if we wanted to go it's, into it's got it's got a lot of legs it's got a lot of legs well i mean i do want to get to some other pitches but i think that one's got mm-hmm. a lot of legs i think i'd green light that one uh 
because it's it hits all the things that I like. It's the it's kind of a it seems like it's a fun show to watch mechanically where like we've got this character who's having to he's having to balance all these wearing he's wearing so many hats. This guy he's wearing he's wearing his father hat, his assassin hat, his manager hat, his husband, you know, his family man hat, his crime boy hat. He's he's having to juggle a lot of things. And so I think kind of the big fun for me is, you know, it's always like a how does he get out of this one? You know, it's that it's that it's always that kind of thing. Yeah, that would be uh Yes. I mean if especially if this is a USA show, that would be literally every episode would be he's almost gonna <laughs> <God>. get caught. <laughs> and in the last you know, five to ten minutes he pulls off a miracle and throws off suspicion. And always in like <laughs> in the eleventh hour he gets out of it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I feel, I mean that's that's actually a pretty good point though like we want to make sure that this show is palatable to different to different you know networks depending on who we end up getting to pick this up we I like the USA version I feel like the USA version is fine but like what it, what changes will we make if this were to go to like an HBO or like a Showtime what have you uh well if it was an HBO or Showtime one there'd be uh more nudity just because oh uh, yeah for sure and Two, with an HBO or Showtime or, you know, even like a Netflix, I think that would open up much more, uh, you know, kind of uh, an overarching storyline instead of, you know, something that's more uh, episodic. Yeah, you know, a lot of traditional uh, TV, if you will. It's a lot of each episode is very standalone, but there's like a a C plot line that kind of ties it all together Mm -hmm. uh, where... Uh, if we went, you know, to maybe more non-traditional route, they would have, uh, you know, the A plots and B plots could be more, uh, more serialized. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I would think if we, if we send it to like an HBO or a Netflix, I think we'd just say fuck it. And on like the bring your daughter to work day, the daughter just gets to do murders. <laughs> he just like hands her a gun. He, he, he just goes, yeah, yeah, he just yeah, he just goes, he's like, you know what, honey, it's time that you really see the business. And he just brings his daughter in. And so there's like this sibling rivalry where like his daughter gets to really know what daddy does and the older yeah. son doesn't. I mean, if we went that <laughs> route, then what if the son does know everything about it and he's still a cop and like he refused, <laughs> but like out of like a he sense of doesn't... duty to like his family, he like just kind of turns we... a blind eye to it. <laughs> He just always has to let it go. But then like the show, like the inciting incident for the start of the series is now the daughter also does murders too. Yeah. And I so feel, now he's, I feel like to, the, he's like, I feel like that changes it a lot where like he shows up at midnight and his wife is pissed off. She's like been staying up and like, where the hell have you been? And he like walks in with like two body bags and he's like, it's been a rough day. <laughs> Yeah, it's in the in like the Netflix version. Just everyone, everyone in the family just knows. They they're just fully mm. aware. There's no hiding or anything like that. There's no mask. It's like he's like, look, honey, it's been a it's been a rough day. She's like, no, that's not what I'm talking about, Frank. It's a school night. Where is Susie? And yeah, he's, he's like, ah, like, dang it. Oh, I was gonna say like, sorry, like, I'm so, oh, dang uh, it. He's like, she, she's like left it like, the, she's still stuck at the warehouse just by herself, <laughs> still playing hide and seek, looking for daddy. Up. 
Yeah, she's still doing it. He's like, oh, God, hold on. He's like, did you even help her with her homework tonight? God, so he's having to do all these things. Yeah, he's, <laughs> it, 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 gets, he's, it gets a lot he's throwing, more of a... He's throwing out, like, math problems and fractions to her while he's, like, taking <laughs> out, like, guys left and right. Oh yeah, no, it's got it's got to play in. So he's like, he's like, all right, Susie. Now we have here uh, across from us. There we have about three to four guards that are behind that concrete barrier. Now our guns are not going to be able to shoot through that. That's just math. Now we do have this, and he pulls it out like this pineapple grenade. Now at what angle, Susie, will we need to throw this grenade so that it lands precisely behind them and this takes is a out all four? Old. And then she like, you see. <laughs> again she goes to a very fancy school okay. or and or i don't know how smart 10 year olds are supposed to be and he's like doing stuff like that he's giving like word problems and so yeah. it has like this santa clarita diet vibe to it where like everything that's happening is objectively really horrible but it's mm. shot like really nice and really well lit and everyone has like a good mood about it oh yeah, god exactly. could we get timothy oliphant to be this assassin Ooh, i don't know who that is <laughs> Okay, he's the he's the guy. Uh, any anyone who's listening, uh, he's the guy who he's the husband on Santa Clarita Diet. So his plotline is that he discovers that his wife is an undead zombie, and then early like into the show has to pivot and decide like, okay, I'm gonna help my wife find and murder people so that she can eat them. <laughs> like, and so he's got like this kind of like can do optimistic attitude about it, but then you know he's also freaking out because he's just like, I gotta we we murdered a man. And so I kind of like this thing where he like he plays because he's got like he's got like kind of that grizzled look. He he wears stubble really well, but he also plays in that kind of manicness that eventually I think this character is going to mm-hmm. have to get into of just like he's half John Wick, half like bumbling dad kind of where he's just like, oh, uh, I got to I got to I got to take up. I got to pick yeah. up Susie. We got to kill these four dudes. I got to get the dry cleaning. Honey needs groceries. And so he's having to like run around, do all these things. That would be a good choice. My other option, Randall <laughs> mm-hmm. Park. Randall Park. Let me. I see. I need to look at this man. Let me see. Ooh! Oh my God! Yes! Yes! Actually, holy shit! Yeah. Actually, yeah. No, completely scratch my idea. Randall Park. Ooh! Ooh! That's a good call. Just he. He hits that. He hits that can-do dad energy so strong. Yes, he his his dad form is is perfection. Is impeccable. It, it he, is true. Next after level. this show, get out of the way, Tom Hanks. This is America's new dad. <laughs> it's Randall. <Park>. <laughs> <laughs> America's new dad is Randall Park. After this HBO <laughs> or Netflix original, where he plays as an assassin teaching his young daughter mm-hmm, to kill. Mm-hmm, oh mm-hmm. hell yes! Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, I, I would definitely greenlight this. I would. I feel like yeah, this, this gets yeah. I'd greenlight the hell out of this. I love this idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get the writers on it immediately. Bam. Yeah. All right. Uh, Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, one of the other sticks of the shows we're going to put it to the to the the higher ups, which is you, the audience. Uh, comment or whatever down below if you. Uh, do we have a title for this? Uh, we were kicking around some random things. Do we have a title for what this show would be? Uh, n- no. Uh, I think originally <laughs> I wanted to call it Gamble, but we kind of Gamble. We kind of deviated from some of the ideas from the original the pitch where it doesn't fit anymore. Mm-hmm. Hmm. 
Hmm. <laughs> Hold on. Now we. It's got to have a good title. I mean, it'll never pass the higher up. So a good title. Dad assassin is something you said earlier that I thought was really good. Dad. A little on the Dad nose. Dad assassin kind of. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, but it's also it's the title of the show. Like, I, I kind of like it in like this this modern ironic kind of naming where it, the show is just called exactly what it is. It's not trying to lie to you about like you're going to know going in what this show is about. The first yeah. episode we've gotten to where he's teaching his daughter to do murders. So like we're the or show's you, not hiding we, it. You know, we could call it something maybe like uh you know, uh, family of assassins. I think that might be a little bit more of a less goofy name. And that way the marketing could maybe take yeah. a, a little bit more oh, edgier approach. A little, more, a little more liberty. Yeah, yeah. A little bit more liberty with it. Where yeah, if you take, like if that, someone like hears that. dad assassin, I, I think they're only going to go in, in one, one, one way. In one kind of goofy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. <laughs> well, it's just like, are you going to kill me? Hi, are you going to kill me? I'm dad. Like, it's just going to go exactly where it is. Mm. I kind of like, okay, so yeah, Family of Assassins. Uh, audience, if you like it, comment below. Let us know if you would uh, greenlight that pitch. I definitely liked it. I would greenlight it. But we have other pitches. Um, we do. Now, this next, this next pitch, uh, let me kind of get it here. Um, this next pitch was, uh, was sent to us um, from a friend of me, uh, a good friend of mine, Kayla Pendleton, sent us this pitch. Uh, this was uh, this was pitched to us by um, you know young up and comer in the Hollywood scene, Caleb Pendleton. Now, this one, this one, I think they're they're pitching it as a tabletop. We're getting a is a pitch for a game, and like it's more of like a tabletop role playing game is their pitch, where um, their literal pitch is a multiplayer hybrid of The Sims and Stardew Valley played like a tabletop role-playing game. The goal being to simulate the drama and tragedies of a fictional agrarian town across generations. That's the pitch. So, so, okay, I'm, uh, you know, us being, uh, you know, big producers going into the mm-hmm. gamer space is a little bit of a new frontier mm-hmm. for me. So, uh, I'm going to, let, let me take a moment to, to try to wrap my head around this. So it is a, uh, tabletop game that combines elements of stardew valley and the sims but across generations is mm-hmm. do you know what elements from these games are we talking about is it where you know every time that you log in and play the game has progressed you know without you even being there or is like it a, a real time thing yes hmm. it, i you, feel like well, it's I feel like because it's pitch as a tabletop, so I, I feel like it doesn't have that real time element there. Is because like average tabletop group meets up like once a week, so it would be like it would advance in like a series of rounds. So like you would know like one round in this game is like number of months, number of years, maybe, and so you're kind of making choices kind of on that path. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then after you know maybe. If, if, uh, so, so as they meet, I guess they'd, they'd have to create, uh, w- would they play as individual characters? I'm assuming with the Sims elements, they have to then take care of their, uh, wants take care and of their needs. needs and stuff like that. Yeah. But then they like, would also need... Valley, you play as the, 
Mm-hmm. Stardew Valley has a lot of uh, the uh, like a lot of kind of uh, exploration and uh, mining. Mm-hmm. I haven't played Stardew Valley, so this is just my my what, what you picked up on. Yeah, from what I like, picked up from Star- other people Stardew talking Valley. about it. Yeah, so this would be I think I think kind of the blend that I think works the best here is that you've got the Sims like imagine like if you could build a Sims house and it was a farm and then you had all of like the farming tools that you get in Stardew Valley and then you also like it's sort of like how in the Sims if you wanted to you can make a whole neighborhood and control all the families mm-hmm. but you it's kind of you're given like this town and so all of the other houses exist they're all the other families and so you start with maybe like one household. And so like you can just like in the Sims, you can create, you know, like a, a two person household, maybe their parents and they have a child or whatever. And this game just goes a bit further because like I've I haven't played the Sims to the extent that um, any of my characters have died due to old age. I've never I've never played a session uh, that long or that deeply but this game would have that part to it so it would have that minutia that kind of really granular thing where you're having to maintain like their happiness levels their hunger and their thirst is met they feel fulfilled and all this kind of stuff and then also you have like this big macro level thing of this entire town has to have like good yields of crops year over year so that they can have the finances to upgrade their equipment to continue to sell more things so they can, you know, feed themselves and that kind of thing. So it's kind of balancing all of those things together. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I guess the goal would, I guess, just be kind of survive and make the, the, the town grow, which I assume, I assume this being a role playing game, there would be some sort of dungeon master, I guess, a, a Valley master. Yeah. And this, the farm yeah. master. <laughs> Uh, who would I guess yeah, control? Like, uh, you know the control, weather, maybe like the weather. Uh, if there's, w- would there be like, like a like a like an enemy element? Would there be any combat with this? Is or would this be strictly agriculture economy based? Yeah, well, I mean, I feel like for for a tabletop game, like even if it's not like you know goblins, there's got to be. I think bare minimum, there are kind of two looming enemies in this game, like without getting, without it getting any crazier, without getting crazy at all, is you have, you know, the weather and nature, a, that is a, that is a constant thing you're fighting against because, you know, God did not will for all of this entire land to grow one single crop, things like that. So you're having to fight against that. And then that's not even to get into like tornadoes and freezes and droughts and things of that nature. And then there's also the the equally, I would argue, ever-looming villain that is just capitalism. Like, they're having to sell their goods and make sure they're making so, enough to continue to buy seeds and stuff like that. Bare so minimum, of, there's those two. Yeah, so all the, the enemies, it seems like, are very uh, much Esoteric. more... Yeah, <laughs> much more, like, out of control. It's not like, oh, we can go beat this thing up. You can't beat up a tornado, as far as I know. If anyone yeah. has anything different to say about that, please message me. <laughs> please message me, and also like the news. That's huge information. Thank good God. Yeah, or like, and like, there's there's elements of capitalism you can go and beat up, but that typically doesn't go very well, or it doesn't go very far. Yeah, they can go fight a bank, but it's that's not going to really do what they want it to do. So, 
So with this, I you know I I know I don't know with Stardew Valley, but I know with Sims, I don't think they're really like different class that you take. But I imagine with this, there'd have to be kind of character, you know, archetypes. Like you know, you maybe mm. have someone, you know, who's act an actual farmer. Uh, you know, maybe you yeah, have like sure. someone who's a banker who can handle money. Maybe you can have like a lobbyist mm. class to get buyouts, oh, and loans yeah. from the government. <laughs> let, let, yeah, like a, like a late game thing. You go you go full Monsanto with it, and you can just start. Yeah, like, that's once you that's once you prestige. That, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a prestige. It's it's just like in D anD D at level twenty, you're basically all playing like demigods mm-hmm. and stuff like that. You're just a giant okay. corporation yeah. that controls all the food in this country. <laughs> <laughs> You have like you have a bunch of familiars, and those are your lobbyists, and you send those familiars yes. in. They can take like they can take like fifteen questionably legal actions per long rest, and they can go in from there. <laughs> but yeah, it's I mean like I feel like like you know like like early game, similar to D anD D, like early game, like your your enemies, like it's the combat system. I would want it to still you know mechanically for the literal human players i'd want it to play out the same but like at the start you're having to do things like oh hey there's some crows you got to go fight these crows off Mm -hmm. but like it's as you kind of level the types of encounter you or like if you just have like a really hard ass dm and they want to throw you the heavy stuff at the start like it's like you have like crows or you have like oh hey these things are getting into our livestock and they're hurting them we have to go like fight this jackal or whatever you have to go fight a horde of locusts from eating your corn yeah yeah like a horde of locusts like a high high level enemy um and, and so and that's like the thing where it's uh like in rpgs like you always would have like you know like your your hp stat your farmer stat and all this kind of stuff but then that like those would be affected by the sims part of it where like if your character wasn't you know wasn't happy they were feeling mm-hmm. kind of a little down because you weren't making their home life good they come into and like maybe they have like lower stamina or their speed is lowered so they attack less because they're not as energized they're not as like focused yeah. on it and well i know in the sims like there's also mm-hmm. a thing where you know if, if there's something they desperately need they'll start kind of not necessarily ignoring you but they'll kind of try to do their own thing like you they'll know, just kind of ag- go on their own yeah yeah if you ignore like especially if you ignore that they like need to go to the restroom and you constantly make them do other things mm-hmm then they will eventually just go anyway. And then that, you know, is a problem for your home. I imagine we should have a yeah. mechanic for that where, uh, I don't know if it would necessarily be like, uh, like in D and D how there's, you know, if you roll a one, that's a critical failure. If maybe the more you ignore yeah. certain stats, like your happiness and stuff, that fail rate increases. So until yeah, you, I think, I think, yeah. So until you can, so that way it, it could lead to, you know, maybe perhaps like if you have to fight, uh, you know, a, a bundle of tumbleweeds blocking yes, the main road. That are coming in. But if you're mm-hmm. if your character's just super depressed because they haven't slept in three nights because they've been, I don't know, making sure that the you, crops you, are fine, fighting like a wildfire. You've been fire. making a min-max. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, suddenly maybe it's like you got to roll greater than a 10 just to not critically fail and your farmer just doesn't like pass out immediately (laughs) they don't just like fall out yeah and i think it'd be pretty easy to like tie 
because uh, like the the sims you know the sims is pretty exhaustive it, it does it it makes you kind of uh, account for a lot of the things somebody would assume that you know a regular person has to deal with and so i feel like it's pretty elegant too you would tie each of those to like one of their stats so that you would know like hey if you're not making sure your character's fed pretty consistently their constitution is going to take like a huge like negative so like you go into a fight and your constitution now is like hey well you haven't been feeding your character this whole time and so like now like your constitution's lower or again like it's your character like you've only been having them work on the farm they haven't been doing any of their passions or making themselves happy now their charisma is super negative so then whenever you go to like sell your crops you can't sell anything because you're just like a miserable farmer no one wants to buy from you which means now you have less money to buy crops and it kind of it, it manifests in other ways so like it's really intensive on this character management to make yourself that like to make it that you're really you know firing on all cylinders whenever like an encounter like that pops up yeah now with this being a tabletop mm-hmm. role-playing game and you know usually a part of role-playing games is having a sort of an alignment of being you know good okay lawful or chaotic yeah. or evil or neutral would that mm-hmm. possibly apply to this game could you have an evil farmer and what would that look like i i feel like you could but i actually i want to i want to kind of split that into a uh, i actually want to have a different axis than lawful chaotic or good evil because like as much as like i could i could sit here and say like a chaotic evil farmer will plant a seed in the middle of town (laughs) or whatever like i i don't feel like they 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 play really well in here so i want to kind of more so focus on this um i want to do a a um I'm trying to find the right words for it, but I think instead of like a lawful chaos alignment, we have a, uh, we have a tradition to optimization or to, in, or, or to uh, tradition to industry alignment. So you can play like an industrial mm. farmer or a traditional farmer, like and someone who's like going to have evils, like someone who would have like free range versus yeah, like, free like, range or like the Amish versus versus like a factory farm kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then you would have a, um, a subsistence to business alignment where like a subsistence farmer is just in it to maintain what they're doing. So they're, they're trying to, they're trying kind of like a, like a D and D Druid would be, like I'm trying to find like that kind of like down to earth kind of homespun folk hero type farmer who's just trying to make the best quality farm and live the best quality life for themselves. Whereas you know like the the business farmer is that if you were to play a a uh, a business industrial farmer, like if that's your alignment, you are going for that full on Monsanto. That's what you're trying to do. You're trying to mm-hmm. just go full tilt that way. If you are playing, you know, a traditional, uh, I don't like the, I don't like the word, but like a a traditional um, earthy, I guess, or folksy or something like that farmer, you're, you are just trying to have the highest yield, highest quality um, farm crops, livestock. And for the people of your town, you're trying to maximize like their overall happiness, like meet all of their needs and things like that. So it would have that alignment, but it wouldn't be like lawful, chaotic, yeah, and good, it, evil. It wouldn't be in those terms, but there is like alignment of like farming mm-hmm. practices of kind of on a scale of mm-hmm. ethical versus, you know, profit. 
Yeah. And then that's always kind of like the space it exists in. Cause it's like at the end of the day, you know, to buy more, like you have to find a thing where you can continue to have the farm succeed and you can kind of store things up. And so it's, you can go like, oh, okay, well, I mean, just like if I was playing an evil character, if I need to get, if I need to get a good sword, the easiest way is to go and steal it from somebody. Just find someone with a sword I want, take it from them. But then like the, the better way is to either exchange goods or services with that person to then get a thing I want. And so you're kind of playing in those same spaces, but it's got more of the theming that we would want for this game. Right, right, right. And now with this, uh, this focuses mm-hmm. so far on just the, you know, kind of the farming aspect with Stardew Valley. But I know with The Sims, mm-hmm. they have things like, you know, movies and pets and all sorts of other expansions. Mm-hmm. Would there be other expansions we could go? Could you, you know, maybe instead of just being a farming, you could be, you know, the, mm-hmm. the uh, you know, like a, a tech company, a social media version of stardew some Valley other things or, they or yeah like a city like planning take of stardew the mechanics mm-hmm, that take mm. these yeah, mechanics so, but apply to a different you know kind of industry yeah um i i think so i mean i think like it's we could probably you know slow roll it with depending on depending on how well the early on um, the you know the version 1.0 kind of rolled out i mean it'd be really easy to because like D has expansions as well um and i mean like i think it'd also be fun too you could do like uh as like a joke thing you could do you could uh have a have like an expansion or a supplemental book come out that's like oh this is weed farming and now you can have weed and this has like all the rule tables for that or you could have like a more a larger expansion that's like hey it's like this is you know a farm town or whatever we ended up calling it um and like this is a space colony so now in addition to the farming and agrarian agrarian was the word i was looking for the other the other axis is business mm-hmm. and agrarian there it is but like instead of like just like just having those it's you're in a soil type thing that you don't really know very well you also have the thing of you now have to maintain you know air tanks and stuff like that so it adds a lot more complexity for players who are looking for that um if you were to take like the general rule set because like D is a flexible enough rule set that it you know spins off into a bunch of different archetypes a bunch of different types of games um i feel like like to take one of the ones that, uh, that you kind of prodded on uh, there for like a tech company um i feel like you would have to fudge with the alignment part a little bit um but i i feel like you could still make that work where like if you wanted to because i think i think the um the personal like the the human management part of it the sims part of the game is probably more important but you're kind of instead of it being a farm Mm -hmm. which a farm is in a way it's a workplace um and you would have the same thing for a tech company especially if you're doing like a tech campus you know like google has or something pretty large um where you also have like living spaces and things like that so you would be trying to still balance you know like their happiness um and you would also have to be balancing their creativity because i know that's a kind of a key part in that business in that sector where you're trying to make sure that like whatever they're making it's not only fulfills a need but fulfills a need in like a creative or an inventive way um i want i want to say like the axes on that would be uh I don't know the good enough word for it, but I feel like on one end of that axis, you have like a freeware axis for like your character for the good evil thing. And then the other access, the other axis is like subscription model or something like that. Where like, it's, you can, you can build a character who's all about like, Oh, this I'm building this program 
just for it to be a good thing for people to use. And then I'm just going to post it on GitHub and just let anyone use it. Or it's like, this is going to be locked down full of ads and it's going to cost like a hundred a month. It's like an Adobe thing where it's like, everyone's using it, but you have to, you know, pay monthly for it. There's no way to buy it straight out. And so, I mean, I feel like that's still the same axis or, of like, mm-hmm. yeah, I was gonna, the real evil alignment with that one would be it's free, but to really use it, you have to, use microtransactions that would be it's free to start like yeah yeah that'd be the true evil one (laughs) could you imagine like a free to start version of like microsoft word where it's like if you want to unlock these fonts it's 10 colors of font if you want to use the bold function it's 10 cents a month (laughs) oh god or 10 cents a word Yeah, and so like in in that one, instead of it having to be like you don't have to really contend with weather, but you have to contend with like the the weather equivalent, because uh, I think you still ex- you have to deal with uh, capitalism, the exact same amount if not more in the in the tech startup spinoff of the game, uh, but like the weather is replaced by you never own your operating system, and so the natures of internet frameworks and operating systems getting updates. Or like you use this, uh, like earlier on in the game, you elected to partner with this third party company that makes like an integral, you know, a very key part of your like background of your software. But then like on like the DMs table, they roll it. And now that their software is on an update and that's broken all of your shit. So like that's kind of the equivalent to like the weather that would be in the farming thing. It's now just like viruses that can roll through your code. Or, you yeah, know, third-party like, integrations or operating systems. Like, yeah, they would have, you know, maybe all their stuff on the cloud host by Microsoft. But whatever oh. happens to Microsoft servers can really screw happens you over. You. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, like, it's... And so, like, that's kind of the upside where, like, it, it, it kind of... It plays in the same space where it's, like, it's a really good DM could could probably make it work because it's it's really the flavor mm-hmm. is different but you you could keep all the numbers the exact yeah but all yeah like, all the tables know. be the same it would just be all the yeah all the flavor of it. it's like okay it's like these are gonna play out like you know it's this uh this this phishing scam that has now hit your uh your research and development department is mechanically the same as this horde of locusts and so you just have to kind of play those in the exact same way but yeah, that would, that would give it more reach beyond like it's mm-hmm. once you have like a group like, oh, hey, we've played a couple different sessions of the farmer version. Could we take that into other areas? You could have like the same general rule set and it's flexible enough to play into different genres, different styles. Yeah, yeah. I, I really like that. I see a lot of potential for this. Mm-hmm. Um, I would call <laughs> I would call this game Farmville. No, I would not. Uh <laughs> <laughs> i hope you have good lawyers <laughs> oh man the lawyer sim version is going to be wild uh I, w- I would just i would call it farm to table i would call it farm to table it's a tabletop game about farming mm-hmm. it gets called farm to table <laughs> bam all right well kevin uh that has been an hour of the pitch um I think we've got two good pitches. Uh, audience, if you liked Farm to Table, uh, let us know if you would greenlight that pitch. Um, if you would like to see more out of it uh, down in like the comments and stuff below. Um, same thing with, we didn't go with Dad Assassin. Was it Family of Assassins? Yeah, Family of Assassins. Family of Assassins. If you greenlight either of those pitches, let us know. I feel like uh, I feel like we really, we really developed those pitches here. I feel like we did a lot of good work today. Yep. <laughs> <laughs>
Sorry, Kevin, is there anything that I is there anything you want to plug or anything like that before we sign off? Uh, nope, I have nothing. <laughs> Rad. This has been the pitch. Thank you all, and uh, goodbye. All right, bye.